You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Welcome, Podcast Detroit. My exciting guest tonight I have is Allison Dollison. How are you, Allison? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to have you here, and particularly uh, what we're talking about. Uh, you have a book out, a new book out. We won't give them uh, all of the title and the name yet okay. because I want them to get to know Allison before they get a chance to know what she's written about. Okay. So uh, podcast, Detroit and Facebook, Instagram, wherever this is streaming. Listen, tonight is amazing because we're going to talk about our identity in Christ. Like, who are we? That is something that we find in all adolescents. There's a couple questions uh, that people ask themselves. Who am I? What was I created for? What is my purpose? You know, does God love me? Right. And who do I love? Right. All of those things that are happening. So. Allison, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, as you said, my name is Allison Dollison. So that alone, just my name, is kind of interesting to people. Absolutely. Um, so people want to know, is that your maiden name? Were you, were you born with that? Um, but I was married into that name. So my original uh, or my maiden name is Davis. Um, and so I really like Allison Dollison because it's memorable. People are like, oh, okay, who is that person? Um, and kind of want to get to talk to me. And then that gives me an opportunity to kind of go into other categories. So that's why I really, really like my last name, my husband gave to me, but um, hold on, wait, we cannot <laughs> we cannot just pass that moment without shouting the hubby out. Yes, so go ahead, and yes. give him a shout out. My husband Antonio, um, he is an awesome guy. He makes everything in my life a lot easier. He is my yin to my yang. I love my baby. All right, so listen to her love her baby. Look, doesn't <laughs> that sound like? Uh, I, I need you guys to have a show. Okay. All right. So you said is Antonio, right? Yes. Everybody in my house has a name that starts with the letter A. Antonio and Allison Dollison. Yes. That's strong. <laughs> I can see that right now. We're going live with the Dollisons. Yeah. No, yeah. So yeah. That, that would be great. So, yeah. So you've been married going on 10 years now. Yes, Congratulations. July, thank you. July what? Specifically. What's the 17th. date? July 17th. Yes. All right. So July 17th, you'll be married for 10 years. Yes. And you're a mother as well? I am of twins, Adeline and Anthony. I know they're watching. So I just wanted to say hey to my babies. Hi, guys. All right. And they are how old? They are nine. Oh, wow. So they're going to be. Boy and girl. Wow. So they're going to be the big 10 going on here soon. Next year in February. So get it straight. Make sure you understand. They've been married (laughs) for 10 years in July. And the babies won't be 10 until next year. Yes. Let the church say. Amen. Amen. And they were born five weeks early, just so we know. Okay. They were born five (laughs) weeks early. Let's make sure we get it straight. Oh, I get it. Trust me. Okay. That's all good. And so you do a a myriad of things. and uh, You are multifaceted, multi-talented. God is using you in some very amazing ways. Yes, yes. And uh, you are a member, a minister at Evangel Church, right? I am. I've been at Evangel Ministries my whole life. Oh, wow. My whole life born. So I've seen it all, and I love my church. I love my church. Shout out to Evangel. Go ahead and give them the address and welcome. Yes, 13660 Stansbury. It's on the west side, Grand River and Schaefer, with my pastor, who is Pastor Lorenzo Sewell. All right, excellent. Yeah, I'm familiar with the Sewell family because uh, my kids also went to school with their kids. Okay. 
Yeah, excellent family. Uh, always participating um, in the like the flag football. They're real big into sports okay. and things like that. So shout out to you, sir. I'm sitting here with one of your ministers. So uh, <laughs> that is amazing. What what is your favorite thing about being a minister of the gospel of Christ? You know what? Um, I think just because I don't look like a typical person that somebody would say, "Oh, that's a minister," and so I like to be, I guess, kind of like the eyeball out. Um, with that being said, people sometimes have like a stigma about what a minister is or who a minister is or what they do. And depending on what type of background you have, majority of them are not women. They're men. Okay. So that alone, being in the classroom, because I'm a teacher also, right. um, kind of makes me a little bit more able to communicate with my kids in a different aspect because they're not used to having somebody come from a positive point of it. Um, in education always. So I, I can't say always, but you know, you're, I know you're in education also. So right. you kind of understand where I'm coming from with that. But the main thing that I really enjoy about being a minister is knowing my word and using my word and making it applicable. So it's not just, um, taboo, but it's real life every day, just living it. So you are a living epistle read of men, right? <laughs> yes. I'm trying to be that. Absolutely. I understand. Pushing Said your, your life is your message. Yes. And that's really great. And I understand what you say when you are, you know, trying to engage the youth from a positive perspective. Right. I mean, like, I'm always going to see you from the position of how God created you. Yes. And so he created you wonderful. He created you marvelous. He gave you a purpose. You are anointed. You have all of these different things. Right, right. And then I'm going to redirect those portions of your life. <laughs> Based on what I know that God has for your future. Because teaching is a ministry. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know anybody who said, like, I just want to be a teacher. I mean, we're not in it for the money. I'm not in it for the money. Um, but I'm in it for being able to help guide kids, um, boys and girls, just to make sure that they understand who they are, that they know that they're loved, no matter what their situation is. And I know that was big for me in school. And I just want to be able to give that back to the kids that I interact with on a daily basis. So here's a direct quote. I need somebody to put this in the comments. The most direct way to influence the future is to invest in our children. That's good. And so now I'm sitting here with you. Yeah, I, I just vibed off you. I felt that uh, you have such a, a stake and such an investment that you don't only live in the classroom, but that you're mentoring. Uh, and when you talk about like not being the status quo or the typical minister, mm -hmm. like Paul said that we're all ministers. Right. Right. So it doesn't matter if you are a man or a woman or what your nationality is or what your race is or what right. your ethnicity is. It's about ministry is just another word that says I'm going to serve. Mm -hmm. And so what is that message that Jesus gave uh, to his disciples? He said, let the that greatest among you well, serve, serve that he could, did not come. To um, be served, but to serve. Right. And so I can hear you say, and he wrapped himself up in sinful <laughs> flesh, and he left the host and the royal diadem of heaven to come down to redeem and to seek and save yes, that which was lost. those who are lost. Absolutely. So um, being lost has nothing to do with your geographic location, it, but it all has to do with your mentality, where you are spiritually. Mm -hmm. and. Ministry is all about getting others to know Christ through you. Right. And relationship. Because if you don't Let's have a relationship, there's no way that there are things that I'm, that I'm going to be able to say to a, someone, especially I'm thinking about my classroom. I can say things to a student that somebody else may not ever be able to say because I have a relationship with them. And because I have a relationship with them, what I'm going to say, whether it's a critique 
or a reward, a positive thing, they're going to accept it from me a little bit differently. That's why relationship is so important. I can't give you the gospel if I don't have a relationship with you first. So that's good. So for everybody who's out there, this is some ministry one-on-one for you. Before you seek to correct someone or advise them on what they should do with their life, you must cultivate a relationship with them. Absolutely. The one thing that I love about the message of Jesus Christ is that before he got ready to correct anything that needed to be corrected about us, Mm -hmm. he came down to relate to us. Lived in their space. He lived in their space. He, he he buckled up those Jesus pieces, you know, those sandals. <laughs> you know, he walked them more than a mile in our shoes. Yes. And then he extended himself beyond anything that we could ever personally do for him to say, I love you. Uh, one of the ministers at my church said, you remember when you were young and your mom used to go to your mom or to your guardian, your loved one, and you say, Mom, I love you this, this much. much. Mm-hmm. So I know this is going to preach in somebody's pulpit come resurrection season yes. because when you stretch your arms out, That's you know, it's shaped like a cross. So, you know, Jesus Christ loves you when you remember Sunday school you say Jesus Christ loves you this much Mm -hmm. and he nailed himself to the cross and all of those things but literally he came down to relate to us yes and he gave us watch this the grace to be able to change those things absent a relationship with him that we could not definitely need grace we need grace so that's awesome so you're a minister and now let's talk about, I know you're in education, yes. so you're a teacher. Let's talk about your classroom, your babies. <laughs> yeah, I teach fifth grade at Cornerstone, so shout out to Cornerstone. Shout out to Cornerstone, Jefferson Douglas yes, in the house. Nevada campus. Nevada campus. The best. Yeah. All right. Hey, listen, <laughs> I love my Cornerstone family, everybody, Jefferson Douglas, Madison Carver. All of them. And I have to say Washington Park, shout out. Woo, woo. <laughs> All right. And, um, yeah, so... Uh, it's interesting about uh, how, you know, Cornerstone began mm-hmm. and with the, you know, the faith based history being Jesus centered. And so even with that, being able to keep that same moral compass as we lead kids into their future. Yeah. So one thing I came to Cornerstone after they had become um, a public charter. And so there were kind of some uncertainties of what it would look like because you have the Christian faith-based community who mainly went there. And then now you have, I guess you want to say the world who's coming in. But I think that what better way for us to show the love of Christ uh, and then having these students who may not know what that actually looks out and what looks like and what it looks like lived out to be able to have them come in and then teach it to them. So one thing that I do love that they do is the, The character traits are the fruits of the spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's amazing to me to be able to still say, okay, this is what God's word says, but you're not preaching it to them. You're not thumping your Bible at them, but you're just showing them, hey, patience is a good thing to have. This is something that you need in order to live life. Um, We need to have uh, love. We need to be able to have that with one another. I know, you know, the Bible says that if we have not love, what do we have? What do we have? What do you have? Yeah. Nothing. And so I teach fifth grade at Cornerstone. This is my second year with them. I teach social studies and math. I have about 60 kids that I see every day. Oh, wow. Let's <laughs> so, shout out to the teachers and educators. Yes, yes. It is not an easy job, but it's something that I love to do. Um, every time I try to think about something else to do, what am I? What else am I going to do? Right. So, so here's the thing. <laughs> Whenever we used to interview people, uh, Mr. Dean, Eric Dean, Washington Park, shout uh-huh. out my brother. He would always ask them, why teach? So I present that same question to you. So I know you say you can't consider yourself doing anything else in the world, but why teach? The reason why I teach actually 
um, if I'm to be honest, when I went to college and I went to Spring Arbor University for undergrad. Okay, Spring did, Arbor. Yes. Shout out. I did not go to school to be a teacher. All right. I wanted to be a, um, I don't even remember what it was. Now, my sister was an accountant. Okay. And so that's what I wanted to be because my sister went away to school. She was the first one in our family to go to college, and I wanted to be like my sister. And one day I was going to class and um, actually go back. I went to Central Michigan University, but I graduated from DSA. Okay. And so DSA had a class in 99, so small classroom. I went to Central Michigan University, and one, one class had 99 people. I failed. Okay. Never failed in my life. And so I ended up from a... Another person who I went to church with, they went to Spring Garber. They told me about Spring Garber. Then I ended up transferring out in the middle of my first year. Who, who went to Spring Garber, man? Chris. Chris uh, Lawson. He is, where is he now? I know he was down with Joel Osteen. He, he was, but yeah. they he moved. He's at Relentless now, oh, where is Tasha he? Cobbs is. Yeah, So okay. he's at Relentless. Yeah, so I know Chris. Yeah. So briefly, you know, my wife went to Spring Garber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shalisa Ebron. She yes. was Shalisa Clay at and that that's time. And that's how I that's how I, I came to know her. Absolutely. At Spring yeah, so, Garber. Yes. And Ovita. And, that's my girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me think who else was down there. Um Oh, Suzanne, Suzanne, LaVonda. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shout out to all of my Spring Arbor people. You know, I was down there so much when I was dating Shalisa that they thought that I actually went there. I did. Yeah. (laughs) I was was down there. Listen, (laughs) let me get a break and complete my homework. Sure, I'm taking that hour and 10-minute drive Mm -hmm. to Spring Arbor to see my baby. Shout out, (laughs) Shalisa. Love you. So, yeah, so you went to Spring Arbor. And you end up, how did you, how did you encounter? What was that? So even when I went to Spring Arbor, I still wasn't going to be a teacher. Um, I've done music my entire life since fourth grade. So again, I graduated from DSA. That's how I got my um, scholarships for school because I was doing music. I was on my way to a music class and the Lord literally stopped me in my steps. And it was like an epiphany, like I'm supposed to be a teacher. Okay. Wait a minute. Take me to that moment. Because now, because I know the campus. Mm-hmm. like So take me to that moment. So the Allison, campus looks so different right. right now. I have not been back since I graduated. Right. But there is a building right at the front um, when you would come in. And that's where all of the music classes were. Right. I cannot remember the name of that building. I can't but I can see it. So we have the tower right in that middle there. Absolutely. So it's off to the right. So I can, like, see myself walking to class. I got to the door, and it was like I'm about to open the door. And then the Lord is like, you're supposed to be a teacher. And so I'm like, okay, but I've already taken all these these music classes. Right. What am I going to do? And so that's when I ended up having, now I had two minors, um, and then I had uh, a concentration. I went through Spring Arbor. It was difficult because I was told that I was not going to be a part of the education um, program. I was told that I would never get in by teachers. And it's so just because somebody told me that I wasn't going to do it, I'm definitely going to prove to you now that I, you know, that I can do that this I can thing. Do it. Yeah, and you so can do. I can all things through Christ who gives me strength. So you're telling me even the people who were operating in these departments, yes, the people who had been charged to really prepare the next group and to counsel me and to counsel you on the fact that you and to cultivate that potential within yes. you. Decided to say, you know what? No, this is not possible for you. Mm-hmm. And so even this is somebody that's listening now. Regardless to those who might be in position that say you can't do this, if you get that prophetic download yes. and God says this is the direction I want you to go, 
You just need to be like Abraham and head in that direction. One step at a time. You have to have that faith to be able to know. Okay. Um, okay. I know that this is what God told me to do. Even though I did not want to do it, I had no idea how I was going to do this. I had already taken courses and something else. And we know college is not cheap. Absolutely. <laughs> so I was a, like, okay, a, a I'm private taking institution these to at private that. Christian school. Right. Um, so I was like, you know what? This is what I know I heard from the Lord because it was not anything that I had wanted to do. I never thought that I would be a teacher. Okay. And so I went ahead and went into that. But that kind of just leads into one of the reasons why. So someone would say, well, why would they say that to you, that you're not going to be um, able to become a part of the teaching class or whatever the case may be. And it was because I had a bad attitude. Now, I can say that now looking back at Allison, but at that time, Allison didn't know she had a bad attitude. Okay. And so... Well, let's describe that because somebody might think that, you know, sometimes the most difficult person to see in the moment is is ourselves. So let's... I want to get as granular as possible. When you quantify or qualify a bad attitude, what do you mean? Uh, Nasty. Okay. Kind of like a snide snide remarks when somebody would say something not really genuine um in conversation more so of uh snooty like okay more almost like a know-it-all okay type situation because um and it's so much different than than being confident it's not being confident i'm confident now but at that time it was pride like oh i know what i'm supposed to do um i know that i'm smart you know kind of that that type of situation that nastiness about me where i've come so much further from that and again now that looking back i know that that was the Allison that i was giving off that i was portraying to people um but at that time i did not know so what where's what what happened where was the transformation like when did you begin to work on that actually um in my college journey period. So when I got to Central, I'm by myself. I was a baby at home. Okay. Um, youngest of four. All right. So pretty much whatever I wanted was mine. Again, snotty, nasty little kid. Brat is what I was. Okay. And so going off to school, now I'm having to take care of everything on my own. And I'm in this great big atmosphere where nobody's making any uh, adjustments for Allison. The world doesn't revolve around me. I'm just now figuring that out. Mm -hmm. And so it was at that time I had mentors who was actually, she's now my mother-in-law. At that time, she was not my mother-in-law. So listen, let's keep it real. Allison says I was her mentor, but I think she was scouting her son. <laughs> I think she was scouting no, her son. I didn't like him, and I he did not she, like I me. Think she did. <laughs> Talking about oh, you're going to be my mentor. I really want to get with your son. No, I'm joking. But, right, right. But no, that's. I mean, that's great. It is. Yeah, it because is. sometimes uh, even what we may think like uh, is you know a nasty, snooty, or negative attitude. It just has to do a lot with where we are as a mm-hmm. youth, you know, and a lot of attitude comes with immaturity, right? Absolutely. So that process of you going through college, having to, you know, cut your teeth on like life and life was not just bending and making accommodations mm-hmm. and you had to get out there and put in the work to develop. Like, I think there is so much in the process of us becoming that our identity is shaped. Yes, absolutely. And so, I mean, I think that's great. So this is to that parent that that kid seems to have a nasty, snooty, yes. you know, know-it-all attitude. It's just that they have not had enough life encounters that cause them to grow up or mature. I had a, a relative who, oh, I'm telling you, I, I felt like I was, if they, oh, I, and, and listen, and I, I, I used a little bit of reverse psychology. I said, you know what, you 
you know what? You know it all. You know. You got it. You know right. it. I said, you know all that you know right now, but there's so much that you don't know. Mm-hmm. But, of course, they started nodding their head initially because I drug it out, too. I said, you know, I doubted you. You know, hey, you— you're on the money. Right. You, and I drug, I, I I think I just exaggerated it to no end until I could th- throw the little hook at the end. Okay. I said, you know it all. I should I should have never tried to, you know, we should be listening to you. Right, you know? right. And then at the end when I brought that humbling piece to say, you do know it all, all that you know. But there's a whole big world mm-hmm. and life that you have absolutely no idea about. And it's important that we listen to those mentors. Absolutely. Because they've gone on a little farther than we have. And although our journey may not be the same, the wisdom from their journey can be applied to our lives. Absolutely. And then being able to have somebody who did not give up on me because I know I made it difficult for her. (laughs) I know that I did. So just being able to have somebody, somebody to see beyond what I could see, just like what you just said, and be able to have that faith to know that what they heard from God concerning me. And so like that just makes me a little bit emotional um, just to know because I love her so much. And again, at that time, I had no idea that she would one day be my mother-in-law. And so her and I have an amazing relationship. I talk to I've talked to friends and things, and they're like, "Oh, you talk to your mother in law," and they, you know, might not like their in laws. And I'm like, "I love my in laws." Yeah, thank God for loving in laws. Yes, I love them so much. Right. Like if it if it was not for my mother in law, I don't know the type of person that I would be. That's how influential she was to me. Man, this is so dope. So I'm sitting here like it's playing out like a movie for me. So this okay. is how I see it. So could you imagine like I'm looking at this Bebop Allison who's, you know, headed to <laughs> class, right? You know, and um all of a sudden you encounter this Oh, mentor. I was out there. I had a tongue ring. Right. I mean, but here's the it thing. So everything. you're right. So that's what I'm saying. So you yeah. encounter this mentor, right? Mm-hmm. And so at the same time, I'm like shifting dynamics to like wherever her son is, whatever he's doing. He's doing his thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's pouring into your life out of the love of God to cultivate this woman of God who she sees in you, right? Mm-hmm. Not knowing that she's developing and cultivating her son's wife. Yes. Like, this is so dope. That's like, a, you know, think about it like that. So out of the love of God, and this, to me, I feel like, uh, and I, I can't know for sure. I have never met her, mm-hmm. but I sounds like she's a praying woman. She is. And so she's been praying that her, her sons get, you know, holy spouses. And when I say holy, just set aside I'm sure. wanting to serve mm-hmm. a life for God, right? So at the same time, God calls her to pour into your life, mm-hmm. not knowing that one day all of her sacrifice and pouring yes. and investment would be a reward and favor for her son, an answer to her prayers. Yes. Mother-in-law, <laughs> I hope that you're watching. I love her. And just saying, you know, God bless you. And it's evidence of you never know whose life you might be pouring in and how they may end up being connected to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, man, that's awesome. That is great. One time for the one time. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you are this woman of God. You now have had the experience of having a mentor. Yes. You are growing and developing. And now you're an educator teaching fifth grade, which is a huge developmental year. Mm -hmm. So they're too big to be with the little kids. Yes. But they're too little to be with the middle schooler and larger kids, even though some of them think they have, you know, uh, they've been grown, that they're grown, (laughs) been blessed in like, you know, (laughs) hey, I'm in this thing, you know, uh, I'm cool with everybody. I know the seniors, the eighth graders. uh, And now you're helping to cultivate them in such a tender time. You know, that uh, one of the things that the church is realizing is something they've been saying for years. You know, they meaning uh, the church is that it's that tween age. Yes. 
where a lot of times we end up losing kids because uh, all of a sudden mom is no longer superwoman, Mm -hmm. but they can see the frailty of how she has to grow and, you know, how she has to go. So now this person who I thought maybe was perfect, I'm realizing that mom has some flaws too. Mm-hmm. You know, or, and not really knowing how to navigate through that. Right. Um, and then especially now because mom and dad are getting younger and younger. Right. And so where we may have had big mama to be able to fill in the gap, we don't have that anymore. So that's why it's even more crucial now because the day of the Lord is coming. Absolutely. It's coming. And so it's so crucial um, at this point. And I think that that's why even though uh, it took time for me to be able to get to the point where I am now, of course, I am not anywhere near where I know that the Lord will have me to be until the, until the day that I meet him in the sky. Um, but I know that all of the things that I went through made me um, able to be able to connect with the kids now. Because of the things that I went through. And so it's like, okay, um, some people may think that, oh, I'm having such a rough time or um, my, my kids are doing this or I'm, I'm pregnant now. What do I do? I'm, I'm, I don't have a husband um, or I had an abortion. What do I do now? Like all of those things um, can be used for good. God will take what you may see, what the enemy may have set up to be a downfall. But if you believe in who God has you to be, all of those situations can work out for your good. What testimony will you have? What relatability will you have when you have to now come in contact with somebody who may be feeling and thinking those exact same things that you did? But now you're on the other side of that. So even though it may seem negative, again, God Mm -hmm. can take that mess and turn it into a blessing or a message, as people would say, mess into a message. Mess into a message, right? Did you hear a a mess into a message, right? (laughs) So listen, so essentially, for we know that all things work together for the good of those who believe. Right. Who believe. And make sure we add that in. Who are the called called according according to to his his purpose. purpose. And so we know that before you accept him as Lord and Savior, he's God with us. Yes. But then when you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior, he's God in us. us. And so that's the amazing thing I love about the grace of God Mm. is because he's always with us. And he wished that none would perish, right? Mm. He wished that all would be saved. Um, But let's talk about how powerful mentorship is. in Because you said two key words. You said, first, we have to relate. Yes. And then you said we can connect. Yes. So now mentorship is a huge part of your life. I talked to you the other day. You said you were on spring break and you had some of your girls over to the house that you mentor and they're hanging out with you. And so talk to me about like how mentoring a how it's a blessing for them, but how it's also a blessing for you. Um, Well, I would definitely have to go back to my mother in law. I spent time in her home. Okay. So I saw how she lived. Um, and I think that that is so key and so crucial. And that's the reason why I do it, because I saw it modeled for me and I saw how it changed me and how it changed other girls who she was connected with and boys who she connected with as well. Mm-hmm. And so when they can see that you're not perfect, when they can see that um, you have issues how you work through those issues, oh, that's so key. Like you can have a problem, but how do you solve that problem? Because life is full of problems. You cannot go without them. But if we show our youth and we show our young people how to go through it, how to fix it, how to navigate it, then we can kind of hold back some of those negativities that may come to them. If they know how to deal with anger, if they know how to deal with frustration, um, if they see it, 
played out in front of them, they're better able to handle it when it comes their way. And so that's why I take the time to really make sure that I'm bringing my girls into my world. Um, And then not only that, but my children also see me doing this thing. And so hopefully that will encourage them to say, okay, mom not only loves us, but she has enough love for other people too. And so I really, I'm so thankful for my husband and my kids because they allow me to do that because they don't have to, you know, they could be selfish and just want me to themselves, but they allow me to do what it is that the Lord has, has set in my heart to do. Um, The other thing is, what I really appreciate about it is the parent interaction that I have. Okay. So I can't um, have this connection with a, with a child without having a connection with a parent. Um, and again, that's the reason why I'm able to be authentic and genuine with these kids is because I have an authentic and genuine relationship with mom, with dad, with aunt or whoever their caretaker is. Um, so that plays out in the classroom as well as when I'm bringing them to my house. Cause you don't just drop nobody off at somebody's house without having a respect for them and trusting them. And so I take it as an honor that I have people who may have called me a stranger before and now are calling me family because they're giving me their heart. Cause that's what my child is. My child is my heart outside my body. Right. And so I believe that. And what I also firmly believe is that no matter what a parent's limitations may be, because as parents, we have limitations. Yes. We do. We must supplement those limitations with other people or activities that will help our children outrun us. Yes. And so if we are not positioning our children to outrun us, then we're really doing a disservice to them. Instead of having them start where we started, they should be starting really like where we finished. So if you start at a position of excellence, Mm -hmm. your growth is exponential. And what I love what you're saying is no matter, you know, who the parent is or where they are before I can truly minister to your child or cultivate this relationship with your child. This is a holistic approach. This is a team approach. It is. You know, what you're doing for them at home, I'm going to support in the mentoring piece. It's going to help me relate and connect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then whatever I'm teaching here uh, during the mentoring session, I'm going to also relay that to you. So you understand where your child may be, you know, as a mentor. Mm -hmm. And so many times like uh, mentoring, I've seen it done in silos. And some of this is true where they say, well, a lot of kids don't have the support, you know, of a parental figure at home and these things like that. And that's true for some children. It is where the mentor is the only connect to someone who's positively pouring in mm-hmm. their life. But for the greater portion, uh, there are people uh, who may not talk like you, who may not believe like you, who may not, uh, you know, participate in different activities like you. But one thing is for sure, they want the best for their child. Absolutely. I don't know any parent who doesn't. There's not one parent who will say, I want my child to be a failure. Absolutely. Absolutely not. They would not say that. Um, And so I think that that's why, just like what you just said, and we, we spoke about on the phone previously, is that even if they don't know how to do something, that they're okay with allowing you to do it. And they are and they are secure enough in themselves mm-hmm. to say, okay, I know that I cannot give my child this. I know that I cannot teach my child this, um, but I found you and you are willing and able um, and willing again to do it for my child. Mm-hmm. And so I've had kids... Um, my very first year of teaching, I taught seventh grade. I'm still in communication with those kids, and they have graduated from college, gone into wow. jobs. Um, I had a parent um, who, from that seventh grade class, who in seventh grade, 
I was able to take a core group of those kids and I started to teach them algebra. I started to teach them high school skills. And this boy is now an engineer. And so his mom called me one day um, and was like, I am so happy that you taught my child and made him love um, math at that early. And so that is what is now driving him to be able to be in his career and enjoying it and, and actually enjoying it. And so that just warms my heart. And again, it's a ministry. Those are those small um, moments is what makes me want to stay in teaching. So that's why I do it. I do it for those small moments like that. So I know that I can't, um, like the word says, you know, I'll plant the seed here. I can't see the harvest. I may not, I may never see the harvest for some of these kids, but I know that I've done my part and somebody else will come around and water. Some water? Yes. God will bring the increase. The increase. And so what I love is from a very, your motive is pure. And uh, the same love that was given to you, you weren't afraid to release to others. Yes. And what I find, and I would love to hear your perspective, even in like the investment, the the time that it takes, the uh, resources that it takes. Like I I have learned that I can never outgive God. Mm. And so whatever I do for others, he makes happen for me. And all of our needs are different. But if God uses me to help meet your need, he may use someone else to help meet my need. Absolutely. Or whatever he may send in finance or he may send in favor or he may, you know, allow uh, certain things to pass over or these other things. And like you never know the seed that you're planting, how it will germinate and grow. Like when you were teaching that young man algebra, I'm sure you weren't sitting there like, I know he's going to be, (laughs) you know, an engineer. Right. You were meeting a need that he had. And teachers run the world. I, I just have to say that everything that we learn, somebody had world, to teach someone you. Someone had to teach us. Mm-hmm. And our very first encounter, generally, of course, parents are first teachers. Yes. But when we talk about like formal education or we talk about developing our future and our careers, whether it be entrepreneurship or engineering or, um, you know, a medical doctor or a lawyer or, uh, or an accountant, mm-hmm. uh, it all comes from being indoctrinated and taught by someone who has gone on and done the things that we are seeking to do. Yes. Now, I would love to ask you this question. In mentoring and ministering and being a wife and being a mother um, and now being an author. So you've written a book. Yes. Called Little Black Girl, Who Are You? Your Identity in Christ. Yes. Talk to me about that process. Like, what did you, was it another prophetic download? How did you know that it was time to, to no, write this book? No, actually it came from pain is what it came from. So my daughter um, was being bullied at school. The school that I was in, I won't say the name of the school that I was in, but it was in Hamtramck. And so my child um, was for the first year that she was there, she was the only black person in her classroom. And the second year, she was the only black girl. And so she would come home and she would um, tell me, you know, the kids won't play with me and all those kinds of things. And so, of course, I'm encouraging her because she's five. She's six years old. You know, she's just a little girl. And, you know, you're just starting school. And I just want her her um, her 
time there to be positive right. um, and have a good perspective of what school is supposed to be. And then there was one day when she came home and told me that the kids told her that her skin looked like poop. And I just boohooed and just held my baby like, oh, my God, I, I had no words. And so I just just knew that I wanted her to understand and to know that, baby, it does not matter what color you are. God loves you and you are enough. I wanted her to know that. Um, and then that's when this book was was born. That's when it was born that day. I did not start writing it until um, maybe almost two years later. Like I kind of put the idea out there, um, which was a mistake at that time. I should not have done that um, because I allowed other people to push down what, again, the Lord had given me. Okay. And so that's that was a mistake that I made, and I've never made that mistake again. It was a lesson learned um, because, again, that was – she was five. She's nine now, so four years have passed before, you know, I've done the book. But just to know that – I just wanted my baby to know that God made her. And because God made her, she was in his image. And so it couldn't be wrong. It can't be because you look like God. And so I just wanted, again, I wanted to make sure that she understood that. And I'm like, okay, I can tell her that a million times, but how can I make sure that she knows it? And so this was the way that I knew that it's always going to be there. If I put a book and I publish it, how many other girls can I help during that process? Not just my baby. So that's how it started. Listen, I am surprised that the mother bear did not come out and go, <laughs> you know, let me tell you. I mean, while I definitely appreciate you being a minister and, you know, those things, when it comes to the babies, yes. you know, and I love the fact uh, that you deferred to the spiritual portion of it because, you know, within our skin, within our skin tone and our melatonin, melanin, excuse me, there's such a rich heritage yes. of royalty, uh, you know, kings and, and queens yes. and uh, you know, when you do your whole research about, uh, you know, not just the African-American race, but, you know, how we have deep African roots and what that means. Yes. And how that is implied to the beginning of history. Mm-hmm. So uh, but I love how you defer to her inner man. And so when someone tried to criticize her outer man. Yes. You took the time through the word of God to build up her inner man. And so this is a key when you're trying to shape someone help someone get their identity or discover that that path to self-discovery is that it first starts on the inside absolutely because if i were to just to say and then the other thing is my my uh, daughter is lighter skin um so that was just a whole nother thing like you don't even <laughs> you're not even you know i don't think that i'm you know really dark but she's not even as dark as i am so it's like why would they say something like that and so for me to address her outer appearance because we know our outsides won't stay the same there we're going to fluctuate things are going to move go up and down left and right we can bleach our skin we can do all kinds of things to our outer person but if we're not confident and we're not sure of who we are on the inside, then whatever it is is going to radiate on the outside anyway. So that's why it was so important for me to help her to understand. And again, because of all the things that I had gone through before to get myself together on the inside, to portray that positivity um, and that spiritual aspect of it for myself first, then that's why I was able to be able to go straight to that for my daughter. Because like you said, the mama bear didn't come out. Had this been the... uh, Oh, listen, (laughs) 
I, I, could, I could imagine. And the new, on the 11 o'clock news, yes, we yes. had Allison. Two, four, and seven. Two, four, and seven. Allison Dollison has gone and tore up. Oh, my goodness. She's still tearing up the school now. <laughs> Live footage happening. You will not say my. No. I would have burned it down. I, listen, I understand. <laughs> Uh, what's interesting? I'm going to let's see. I do this sometimes with my word, just to kind of get a word for the day or whatever. Let's okay. see. I'm going to just uh, for, uh, go through. Let's see, see where we land. It says the Spirit who became flesh died for our sins, making us blameless and pulling us in into the truth of whom we belong to and who we really are. Let's look through that book. Inspired by Jehovah Rapha. Yes. The Lord who is there. Our healer. Our healer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jehovah. Yeah, Rapha. The Lord who is our healer. Mm -hmm. And so what's interesting is when you talk about identity in Christ, like who are we in Christ? You know what? We are a new creature. First, we are a new creature because once we accept God, um, once we accept Jesus into our hearts, we are then. I was going to say something else. I'm going to hold that. That's that's OK. So um, we are a new creature. That means all of the, the all of the negativity, all of the old man that's supposed to fall off. Does it for always fall off? No. Sometimes it's unzip a little bit and we want to keep a hold on some of it. But that old man is supposed to fall off. So wrath, anger, slander, all of those things should be gone from us. But it's not always at the same time. We have to work through things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we are made in his image, which means that we are beautiful on the from the inside out. I spoke about before. If God made it, it has to be right. And I just believe that. And so those are the two main things that I kind of start off with when I'm talking to somebody is that you are enough. That's another thing that who God made you is enough. You don't have to be anybody else. Mm-hmm. There's only one Andre that looks like you fingerprints hair, everything. There's only one of you. And it's for a reason because nobody else could do what it is that you do. There's only one of me. Absolutely. So nobody else in the whole world can do what it is that I want to do. Um, the way you do The it. way that I do it. And then mm-hmm. just as a side note, when people say, oh, I want to um, start something or I want to go after this or I want to do this thing. But then they say, oh, well, somebody else is already doing it, but it's not you that's doing it. So that's if right. that's what, you know, your zhush is, that's what the Lord has placed on your heart, then you go after that thing. So, again, we are a new creature. We are created in his image and we are enough. Oh, that's good. So created in his image and yes. in his likeness. So when you look at me, you 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 see God in me. Yes. And that's our goal, that when people look on our lives, that they don't see us, but that they see Christ, what? In, in us. us, the hope of glory. Yes. And so we are enough, meaning that everything about us, you know, is enough. Yes. Uh, there's nothing that we have to do to earn God's love. There's nothing that... We or have, anybody else's. Or anybody else's love. Mm-hmm. And so there's, we already have been affirmed. We yes. already have been accepted. Yes. We already have been engrafted into the into his body. He's already accepted us into the beloved. In yes. fact, he gave what? His life for us. Mm-hmm. And so this new creature, that's good. So we talk about attitudes changing. Yes. And Woo. so wrath and <laughs> all of these other things, our appetite may change. Yes, absolutely. Things Those that, things that you may have desired and not just food. So we're not talking about, you know, 
places that you may have gone before. Those are the things that we're talking about. Oh, I don't want to listen to that type of music anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, That type of thing. That's the appetite that changes. Um, The type of people that you hang around with. You desire something different. You desire something else. Um, And sometimes whatever that thing is that you're being made fun of because you're not doing anymore, that thing is what um, God is purging from you. And it's not always for... um, your whole life may you say, oh, okay, I can't go to this place. It just may be for a season because the Lord may be cultivating you and fixing you on the inside, making you see it from a different standpoint to send you back and get other people who are just like you. Well, that's good. And so what I love about mentoring and what I love about you saying the identity in Christ is that he's not expecting you to be perfect, Mm-mm. but in the relationship, he is expecting you to be present. Yes. And so everything you're talking about, as far as being a new creature and old things passing away, like mean old attitudes, thoughts, beliefs, actions, appetites, like motives, motives, like this is a process. Yes. And so progress is a process. It's a day by day journey. It's a step by step journey. So a lot of times people look at this transformation that they think they want to see and they're like, oh, that's just too much. That's overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know. Or they'll they'll go ahead and get ready to move forward, and as soon as adversity comes, they want to quit. They want to the, stop to the familiar. So yes. how do you coach somebody that through old that? self? That old self, <laughs> right. you know, you know, if it, if you had met me, you know, a couple years I'm ago, ready to scrap. this is ready how to I would have handled yeah. it, right? Or they don't know who they're talking to because they just don't know that. You know, that's another person, you know. Right. Exactly. I used to tell people. I still tell some people. I say, you know, there are three people that live inside this body. And I'm not talking about they? the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. <laughs> I said, this is, there's Mr. Ebron, Minister Ebron, who loves you with the love of God, <laughs> will continue to love you. There's Andre, who's some who get to know me personally, you know. And I said, and there's this dude named Dre, I'm telling you. you oh, know? wow. <laughs> no, it, but it's a way of no, saying yeah. that I get everybody it. has boundaries, everybody has limitations, everybody has... Uh, you know, there's there's portions of their humanity, you know, that's still under development. Mm-hmm. And so uh, people used to say back in the day, you know, uh, Steve Harvey said, don't trip. He ain't through with me. Yet. Right. But a lot of that. And I don't understand why we had it. It seems like everybody want to act like it's a profound conversation. Mm-hmm. But like all have sinned. Yes, and, and falling fall short. The glory. And it's not just a cliche. This is true. This yeah. is reality. This is, this is what it yeah. is. Like we, we all have like there's a human the human, the humanity in us, mm-hmm. right? And then because we've accepted God and who we are, we are a spirit being having a natural experience, right? Not a natural being having a, having spiritual. a spiritual experience. And we all have had struggles, and we all continue to have certain areas where we may have some struggles, mm-hmm. and we're growing. And then people leave the story right there. Like it seems like when we get ready to try to win somebody, like we want to present ourselves to say, "I have scars too," right? Right. I struggle too. Okay, that's cool. All right. The world knows that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not a secret. You're a human. You know, in some way, like, it's not do you limp. It's where do you limp. Yeah. And you know what? Even with that, the transparency of it. Some people are so afraid. um, And and I think that that's because they're still living under condemnation. There's no condemnation. There's freedom in Christ. Right. And so if you are not, if you are afraid to tell people what it is that you used to do, then you're not free from that thing because maybe you still want to go back to that. Yeah. So you have to have liberty. You have to be free. Um, when you're sharing your testimony, that is what draws people in saying, okay, um, you know, 
whatever your struggle was, if it was fornication, you know, I struggled with fornication. I wanted to have this person and this person and this person, but the Lord allowed me to be able to become free of that thing. How did I do that? I had to get an accountability partner. I had to tell on myself. I had to do this X, Y, and Z. But if you're open to saying, okay, this is what, this is what I did. This is how I did it. This is how I became free of that. And this is how I stay free of that. So now you have to set up boundaries. You have to do all of these things, but that's because you want to do it. Can't make anybody do it. But transparency is so key. You cannot mentor. You cannot bring anybody into your space without being transparent. That's great. And what I love about what you said is that you gave that redeeming portion of your testimony. So it's not, Mm -hmm. hey, I struggle with this. I'm just like you. No, I was like you. And now God has delivered me. Right. And now I have a system by which, which is his system. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that I don't fornicate necessarily because, or not that I don't do certain things because, oh, I have all of these rules and things. No, I don't do that because I have found out that God loves me so much and I want to love him back. So this is how I honor him. And I can do it without him. You can't do it on your own. That's And that's the reason why our religion is so much different from others. It's not a self-will. It's not I'm going to will myself into not doing something that you've always known. All right. That's your your human nature, again, is to go back to whatever that is. How can I stop from doing that? It is God. That's the that's part that's almost unexplainable. There are some things that we will never know until we meet God in the sky. So we're in heaven to be able to ask him certain questions. But, again, that's faith. That's having that faith. and. Some some things are just unexplainable. But then there again, what I said before, there are some things that are common sense that we can put. You know that every time you go to this place, every time you hear this song, it makes you think of this person. Stop listening to that song. Stop listening to it. You know what you're doing. Turn that juvenile yeah. off. Turn that juvenile. Turn that juvenile. You, 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 better, you better turn that juvenile <laughs> off. But you listen to that 400 degrees. <laughs> but yeah, so those are just some some regular things that you can put in place. Tell tell on yourself. Right. Sometimes when you feel like, okay, I have this secret, then that's something that the enemy can um, lull over you. But if you go ahead and tell on yourself, now you don't have that condemnation. Now you don't feel that shame that's right. when you walk into a certain situation or when you see somebody or when you maybe you uh, are a person who you used to steal. So now you see a $20 bill just sitting there. Your natural instinct is, well, let me go ahead and pick that up. You know it's not yours. You know it's not. But if you have somebody who can, okay, this is how I'm feeling, and then you wean yourself off just a little bit at a time because it's it's like a drug. You're addicted to doing this thing. So now you have to go to an AA meeting for whatever your situation is. And that's why having a mentor is so important. So important. Yes. Somebody who's not judging you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's good. No, that's great. (laughs) But somebody who's not judging you. Right. Who knows that, hey, I'm just like you. And if not for the Lord, where would I be? Right. You hear people saying that. Again, that's not a cliche. That's real life. If it was not for God pulling me up, if it was not for him putting other people into my life, into my path, to be able to direct me in a different way, Mm. then I would have gone down that wrong path i would have done i would probably be in jail to be honest that's where that and i'm just talking for myself right um if i did not have certain people come into my life when they did and not only them coming in my life but sticking and staying in my life even when i didn't know what it is that i wanted to do mentorship is so important you can call it discipleship you can call it whatever you want but that's what it is and it's so it's so vital no matter how old we are i still have a mentor 
because I know that there are some things and some places that God wants to take me that I don't know how to get there. I'm blind. I don't know what it looks like. They may have already been there. That's right. And so it's my job now that I know better to do better. That, listen, that was great. That was that's excellent because uh, we cannot have a relationship if there's not a degree of accountability. Yes. Uh, we cannot have a real relationship if judgment gets in the way of our transparency. Uh, we cannot have a real relationship if I feel like I have to put on mm-hmm. in order to be in your presence. Yes. And so, like, this is all amazing things because mentorship is about being able to cultivate where you are. Yes. So one thing I love about mentorship, it is like in the moment, it is present, it is planting seed, it is digging your hands in that soil, it is cultivating that personality, it is dealing with the unlovable things, the yes. unlovely things, the, the porcupine the, people. The porcupine <laughs> people. It is being able and being willing to get stuck by those needles because you understand what's underneath that is so precious yes. and tender. And so if you look at, you know, our lives, they're generally layers uh, to things that would end up need to being peeled back. Mm-hmm. So as the the clinic, not clinical, but the cliche, you know, peel back the, the onion, onion, right? Mm-hmm. And But that's a real thing as well. It is. And in the process, there might be a lot of crying. In the process, those Ooh, things that— Because uh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. You're to being broken. that, yeah. You have to bro- be broken to be healed. Be- that's like if you are have a deformity— Oh, listen, you got to take that. I don't know whose book that is, but it sounds like that's your book. You have uh, to be broken. <laughs> broken to be healed. I mean, healed. I think about a bone. Okay. You know what I mean? That's, I, that's dislocated and out of place. Right. If you just leave it that way— our bodies, um, because of who God is and in his whole and his magnificent, um, can heal themselves. Right. Um, you get a scratch, you know, you get a scar that comes over it. Um, that's just an amazing thing about the body. I'm not a science person, but I just think it's phenomenal. But in order for it to heal properly, first you have to break it and put it back in its proper place. Now it can get complete and whole healing. But if you just, okay, I'm gonna just put it over a little bit. Now it's deformed. It's, it, you, it can work, but not in its full capacity. That's right. But if you allow yourself to be broken, right, and then you have other people around who can be built, who can help to build you back up, how much more can you do? Because now you are whole and you are complete. So that's awesome. That's- and what we've been talking about this entire time is what it is that you are thinking in your mind about yourself mm. based upon what God has already said about you. And so Romans 12 and 2 always says what? Be not conformed to, to this, this world, world, but be, but be transformed, transformed by the, by renewing, the renewing of your mind, of your mind mm-hmm. that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and, and perfect will of God. of God. And so that's what it's about. Little black girl, who are you? Your True Identity in Christ by Allison Dollison. Now, Allison, where can we find your book? You can find that book on Amazon. You can also find it at Barnes & Noble's iTunes. Um, you can also go to my website, which is AllisonTheAuthor.com. So A-L-L-I-S-O-N, TheAuthor.com. Um, you can also connect with me on Instagram or on Facebook at AllisonTheAuthor. Um, the book is twelve ninety five, but if you are an Amazon Prime member, you get 10% off on Amazon. So, okay, great. So, this book would be great for other mentors that have youth groups with young ladies. Absolutely. Uh so we're talking about nonprofits, churches, uh schools that may want some material to talk to your 
your youth about Mm -hmm. and examine what it is that they think and feel about themselves and look at where what is the core, what what belief system have shaped that idea about who they are. And of course, there's so much about identity that. We, we can talk. You have to come back on the show so we can talk, you know, specifically about, you know, what are the outside influences that our youth may be combating this. Yes, and the book identity. actually touches on that just a little bit. Again, I would say um, people ask, how old do you have to be for this book? I would say from reading up through middle school. But then I've also had adult women who have come to me and said, I am so glad that I got this book and they are uh, they are grown older than I am or my age who love it because there's scripture in there. So you can use it as a devotional time. You can use it as a Bible study for your young child to be able to get into the scripture. Some of the scriptures are plain and whole, but then most of them are not. So forcing you to now get into the word for yourself. So it touches on social media. It touches on dressing, um, all of those things. So just. Just get the book. Just get the book. <laughs> Just, get the, Just book. get the book. And listen, I have mine. You know, you see it, it's autographed. Yeah. Autographed right now. So here's what I'm willing to do. The next three people that drop comments below, I'm going to get a book and be able to send it to you. Autographed and signed by Allison. You know how I do it. I'm always putting my guest on the spot <laughs> at all times. So uh, the next three people that comment below. And actually, I have two with me right now. She has two so right now. So listen, little black girl. Who are you? Your true identity in Christ. Go ahead. I want you to drop a uh, a high five hand in there uh, just to say that you want the book. Now, I also want to know, Allison, listen, I have a conference coming up okay. called the Drawing Board Experience. It is a powerful, thought-provoking event conference that will challenge the attendees to examine who they are and to reimagine the possibilities. Wow. I'm inviting them to come back to the drawing board. I have Randy Rosario. She'll be there. I have Ashley Chesney. She'll be there. I have my man Theo Smith from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. Uh, that Laundry. He'll be there. I have Eric Thomas, Eric uh, Stefan Thomas, who wrote that article, uh, Why I Hate Detroit, but he's also known for recorrecting uh, the design for Steve Harvey's uh, yes. car. So mm-hmm. he, he will be there. Everybody knows him as Eric with the ponytail so he will be there I have Harlan Bivens he will be there and Lisa Angel Smith she will be there so I need you right now to register go to Eventbrite right now and register you can register for $10 $15 is preferred seating $20 will get you in VIP and like I always say your future is not behind you it is not before you it is within you I'm Andre Ebron Allison thank you for being on the show thank tonight thank you for having me I and enjoy I, and listen, and I look forward to getting the chance to meet your husband and the kids and everybody. So listen, have a great day and God bless you.